Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network every day. Uh, this edition of the show is brought to you by uh, First Watch. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in a bit. We are going to talk some basketball and football because that's what the time of year it is. There were It was press, press conference palooza today. John Calipari and players, Eddie Grand and players. Uh, we got to talk to a lot of different people uh, today. We'll talk about that, and then we'll wrap this edition of the show. Plug in a little piece that Kyle has been working feverishly on for the past few days with not much sleep. But let's start out with John Calipari and his press conference today, Kyle. You weren't there because, as I said, you were working on that piece, but you did get a chance to view it. And my initial question, and the most important one, because it is about me, is did you think he was trying to like upstage me and make me look a fool when I was asking about turnovers? Yeah, I generally think that, uh, that if given the opportunity, he is trying to upstage you and uh, make you look a fool. I think all of us, really. He he does enjoy trying to do that by asking us questions. and I don't really have a problem with it when he does it, and I guess I should give context to what I'm discussing. If you want to see the, the interview, you can check my, my timeline. I, I have it tweeted out, and it's on my Facebook. But basically... I asked him a, a question about turnovers, and it was a follow-up because he had discussed in the press conference how they didn't know at this point in the season where everybody was on the floor. And I asked if that was you know, a reason for the increased turnovers. That was a, a, a factor in it. And, I mean, I'll ask you, Kyle, you think that's like a legitimately decent question, right? That would kind of follow along with logic, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I don't think there was... Uh... I don't think you had three heads or anything. For okay. Sam, okay. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're on board with that. Um, but then he he basically, and as Calipari normally does, he he didn't really technically answer the question. He basically more or less said, uh, "No." <laughs> Cal said whatever he wanted to say. Exactly. He said that the big men are turning it over way too much, and so then I had a follow up in what's the difference. When they when they turn it over, and I should have probably inserted the word causing them to turn it over or something along those lines, but Calipari, the smart aleck, reared his ugly head and said, "Turnovers are the same. You give the ball to the other team." Uh, Good one, John. Uh, so he was in a spry mood today. Relatively, uh, I mean, he his overarching message was that he tried to do too much too quickly in preparation for the Duke game, and he basically felt like that cost them and they didn't have a good fundamental base. And I'll ask you, Kyle, do you think that is kind of can explain what we've seen for the Duke game and then about two-thirds of the Southern Illinois game? Uh, maybe. Uh, I still am kind of of the belief that Duke just, like, was a juggernaut, mm-hmm. you know, with, like... Uh, you know, flamethrower head and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know machete arms. It's like um, it's it's like when you put the old uh, the Power Rangers that used to piece together when they would form the Megatron. No, no, Megatron's yeah. Transformers. But you know, you'd piece like the different pieces together. It's like these three recruits. Thundercat. Yeah, I'm thinking I mean, of the Thundercats. <laughs> they would uh, they'd piece together and just be un undefeatable. 
Yeah, I mean, that's part. That's a big part of it. I just think, I think they were. Caught, I mean, what he doesn't want to say is like, probably is we were really shocked and caught off guard by how good they were and didn't think they were going to blow our doors off. And uh, so, you know, I think that's a part of it. But but maybe so. I mean. I mean, I guess this sort of goes along with it. I think I do think that he was just generally surprised by what happened to start the season, both from how good and overwhelming and devastating Duke was, but also maybe that he didn't have what he thought he had, um, you know, in some guys. And, th- and I don't mean like they're not good enough. It's just maybe like, you know, I thought these guys, because they've been here a little while, would know this and they didn't. You know, uh, I think some of that stuff. Um, maybe he overestimated the value of having some guys back and just thought everything would be smooth sailing. Um, but, I mean, you know, I, I don't think it really matters what he changed. Honestly, I think when you get beat that bad and embarrassed and shown up a little bit and, and it takes a, a shot at your uh, self-confidence, just fi- just change something. You know, like the head coach just needs to say, like, oh, you know what, that was – and he's done this before too. You're like – Ah, uh, yeah, that was that was totally my bad. Like, I all I had to do was turn the left knob, and everything was going to be okay. And <laughs> stupid old coach forgot to turn the left knob because that you know that uh, takes the the idea that you just got blown up personally yeah. a little bit off your shoulders. And so there's, I think there's an element of that as well. Yeah, and that'll kind of tie into the football stuff. What they did today as well, and we'll talk about that in our next segment. You know, and and I agree with you. And and obviously, the most memorable time that he did that is the famous tweak, which I don't know if we've ever gotten to the bottom of it. Actually, when they went on that run to the Final Four with Aaron and Andrew Harrison and and Julius Randle and those guys as freshmen, when they had such a, I mean, it was a poor season. There's no way to kind of shake it any other way. And then they just took all a bunch of teams, including an undefeated Wichita State, and. You know, silly old old Coach Calipari, as you just said, Kyle, just needed to make one little tweak, and all of a sudden all this talent is going to work perfectly together. Nothing is ever that truly simple. The basic overarching message is the fact that he wants to get back to some fundamentals, which is something I think every coach in every sport throughout the history of time says after they have a bad loss or a bad performance. Yeah, I mean, there is some, like, there is some specific stuff, like, you know... He talked about Tyler Hero and what's going on with his shooting slump, and you know, compared that a little bit to having to just uh, the way they had to kind of ease Kevin Knox into things and uh, and kind of get him to go through this uh, this process where okay, you you have to be ready. And Cal's talked about this a bunch with Tyler Hero, but I, I think you know, really, no matter how many times you say it, the kids just kind of like at some point understand the urgency of it at, you know as you increase in level from uh from high school to college from college to the nba it's more and more imperative as a shooter like that you're just ready to shoot when you get the ball uh you don't get to catch the ball survey the scene decide if you have a shot and then and then chuck it up there yeah um, you said you know the, the nba they call you call you ball stoppers um and nobody wants to play with that guy so um you know, he said one of his quote was uh, the really, really high level skilled players that master their craft. Not only do they see a shot on a, on a drive before they catch or a drive before they catch it, uh, they know where everyone is on the court on their team. If I blew the whistle right now, 
to more than one guy and said, okay, look at me, where's our big man? They'd go, I have no idea. Um, yeah, so that that's interesting too. It's just like, what does it take? You all want to be pros. Like, what does it take to be a pro if you were really at the level of being a pro? Um, you know, because like the, the, the cockiness of these, all these kids, and I don't mean just Tyler Hero, I mean all these kids would be walk out of high school, are you a pro? Yep, I'm a pro right now. Okay. You know, take them out there and do that little drill. All right, whistle blows. Everybody turn, close your eyes and tell me where everybody is. Nobody knows. Well, then you're not a pro because pros know that. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's all. Like, I, I really enjoy when he talks, like, about things in those terms because I, I think it really crystallizes some of the teaching points. Um, that's something that people can kind of visualize. Like, you know, if you're in a room full of people uh, and somebody just, like, flips the lights out and says, where is everybody? You know, if you're, if you're a point guard in the NBA, you probably know. Uh, if you're not, if you haven't practiced that as part of your craft, you probably don't. And I think Tyler Hero's just a kid who, has, who doesn't know yet. Yeah. And, you know, along those lines, you were talking about, you know, him being compared to Kevin Knox uh, in the shot and get going. And Calipari also said – that you know when when we had guys step up last year like Shea and Kevin Knox when they stepped away and stepped up it made it easier on everybody else and then he said we don't have that right now and i think in all honesty when you're looking kind of at a broad picture we all assumed that they would have that in PJ Washington specifically and then maybe Tyler Hero maybe Reed Travis you know there could have been a lot of guys that would have played the leading role and i think that's why everybody kind of bought fully into them being this number two team in the country, maybe number one at the start. And it is more like Calipari years of prior where they don't have that number one guy at this point. Yeah, you know, and P.J. Washington, as John Calipari said, probably playing a little too, uh, way too erect, according to John mm-hmm. Calipari. Yeah. Part of it is he's just playing way too erect. Yeah. There you go. I, uh, that could th- be a problem. Good thing games are only two hours and not four because he would have to consult a physician. <laughs> um, coming up next, I want to talk a little bit about football and what the guys had to say, the offensive players had to say after practice on Tuesday. And they did a, an interesting thing uh, to get them ready. But first, I do want to tell you guys about um, First Watch. Kyle, I know you love that spot. Last week on the podcast, I talked about how uh, my former coach was in town and we went there. Uh, what uh, I'll just ask you, what's your favorite dish there that you've got there recently that was really good? Uh, well, we've talked about the million dollar uh, bacon mm-hmm. is pretty incredible. It's like eating uh, uh, candied bacon, basically. <laughs> uh, you don't need you to uh, stop selling me right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. I, I don't. I had to try to get creative here, but that's just basically what you got is some like deliciously. Yeah. Uh, sweet, sugary, peppery bacon. It's good. And uh, I, I mean, I haven't really, honestly, like anything on their menu. I always like when they do seasonal stuff. Like, like you know, I'm the I'm the basic, the basic type person who uh, will eat everything that says it has pumpkin in it. And yeah. they have like they usually have pumpkin pancakes and or pumpkin, you know, French toast or whatever type of breakfast. They always have specials up on the on the menu. I, I we love that place, and uh, I've mentioned before as well. We love the the one uh, the location here in Hamburg in Lexington. Uh, one waitress always sees us come in with our, our uh, crazy little twins and uh, takes us to a good spot. 
uh, if possible, away from the other uh, nice human beings who don't mm-hmm. want to uh, get uh, get something slung at them from my son. And uh, and so the service is always awesome, and uh, and the food is always great. They've got three restaurants in Lexington, which are all locally owned, and a few over in Louisville and up in Cincinnati, too. So anywhere you're around, probably listening to this, you've got a First Watch close to you. If it's Now, First Watch just open for breakfast and lunch from 7 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. every day, and they get busy, but you can use the, their First Watch MoWeb to check in and see what the wait times are and even get in uh, line before you get there. So go check out First Watch Next time you want some brunch. Yeah, it's fresh. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Um, so football today, Kyle, was interesting because uh, we walk over there and we go inside uh, where we always are. But you look, I looked over my shoulder and the stadium lights are all on. They did the second half of practice inside the stadium uh, under the lights in the cold and Mark Stoops when he walked through the facility, uh, made a jab at us media folk and said we should have to go out and brave the elements like they did. But this is, I think, one of those things that they're trying to mix things up. Stoop said that in his Monday press conference that he wanted to try to some different things to get people more locked in and more focused. And I think playing under the lights on a Tuesday with your practice is probably going to make you have a little bit better practice than just potentially going through the motions in the indoor facility where you're all warm and cozy. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's probably a little bit indicative of there being a, a, an issue that you have to kind of pull a gimmick out at this stage in the season when there's still a lot on the line. But, you know, but the but the dumb thing to do as a coach would be to, to notice that there was an issue and do nothing. So, you know, I, kudos to them for trying something to kind of crank up their team. I'm sure they're a little frustrated that they feel like they've got to pull effort out of guys, you know, mm-hmm. with, that they had to do it. Last week in Knoxville, when so much was on the line, that they have got to do it again this week. When you know you're uh, ostensibly playing for a whole bunch of seniors that you really care about, if you're some of those younger guys, uh, you know, if you're one of those seniors, you certainly have reason to be cranked up this weekend. Um, that I don't know. That strikes me as a little bit odd that they feel compelled to sort of pull out some stops to try to get people uh, excited. But again, I you know the worst thing to do would be to notice that you've got a problem and not do anything. So yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll work. Yeah. And I mean, the main, main point for Eddie grand today was he used the word urgency about 40,000 times. It wasn't panic. And you know, you can parcel words how you want and interpret things differently, but you know, that, that is something that they need. They realize that there's a problem and he wanted, he was using the word urgency today kind of as a intermediary, as opposed to, you know, panic or worry or anything like that is a little bit better of a description from what they're trying to accomplish. And in all honesty, he sounded a lot like John Calipari talking about fundamentals and execution and those kind of things. Um, so, you know, I got that that interview on my timeline as well. And uh, the other thing that was heavily covered today was the senior day stuff. We talked to Bungie Stallings. C.J. Conrad and George Sapo J., you know, a bunch of the seniors. And it was it was kind of interesting that the consensus, from what I understood, was Bunchy Stallings is going to be the most emotional on the offensive side of the ball, apparently on senior day, according to his teammates. And I can understand that. You can kind of see one of those big offensive lines kind of being a little softy on the inside. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think offensive linemen are like uh, prime candidates for being uh, – uh, big and scary on the outside and and uh, soft 
teddy bears on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, although the, like, like I feel like uh, like Landon Young is probably just like <laughs> uh, seems really nice, but would kill you with his bare hands. Yeah, that that one might happen. You, I mean, you wouldn't. He wouldn't just do it for no reason. But if you gave him cause, you'd be probably broken in hand. Oh yeah, he's a right. He'd be a righteous killer, I think for sure. Yeah, like he would. Uh, you know. He'd be like Liam Neeson in any one of those <laughs> 19 movies that are about somebody he loves needing uh, uh, him to slaughter uh, everyone. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, the other, the, then the other thing with with Bunchy and you know this is this is kind of a said his his mother passed away since he had been at UK and you know he he said that her fam a lot of her family is going to be there so he's going to kind of be in this mold and there's going to be people he said that hadn't got to see him play yet live um, from his mom's side on the field with him. So honestly, there's good reason for, I feel like him to be emotional if he's in that spot. And that was something that Stoops said in his Monday presser that I think when you look at this group as a whole, there are some pretty crazy and incredible stories, stuff that people have overcome. Some of it because of, you know, they put it on themselves like Jordan Jones and Tymere DeBose having some, you know, academic issues. Well, I shouldn't, I don't know if Jordan's was academic, but Time Here to Bose had some, some academic stuff and Stoops had some frustrations with him. Jordan Jones, you know, all, all the stuff that's been chronicled through the years, his issues, but both of those guys have held through. And I think Stoops is, is pretty proud that they've been able to now come to this moment. And he said on Monday that they're going to graduate, you know, that's the whole, in theory, the goal of college. So those guys were able to accomplish something that I think at certain points of their career, there were big question marks that they would. So that's kind of cool to see. And, you know, the other guy that's gone through a lot is Darius West, injury specific. And then there's uh, Josh Allen, who has, you know, had had the child and his story is well documented. So there's a lot of cool stories in the senior class overall, Kyle. Yeah, and, and uh, folks ought to take a little time to appreciate them because I think there's going to be, you know, it would be hard for them not to take a couple steps back or at least a step back after this season uh, when they lose some of the guys they're going to lose, particularly on defense. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I know people are frustrated. I get it. You know, there was, there was more on the table than they're going to end up getting, Uh, but they are still in in a position to have a nine win regular season to go get a 10th win in a bowl game. And and that's really nothing to kind of turn your nose up at when that's something that just hasn't happened at Kentucky in 40 years. Um, and these guys kind of made it happen. Um, and like I say, for whatever disappointment there might be about what they did not accomplish, uh, you know, it, it, it may not be as good as it is now forever. You know, yeah. like, football's had a hard time sustaining more than three years of time ever. And so, uh, yeah, I would, I would think that this group, uh, has earned, you know, quite a bit of recognition for sort of changing the atmosphere that, you know, I guess people would say the culture to the point that people were, this fan base was able to let itself expect more. You know, I think there's something to be said for that, just to be in a position where two weeks ago people were, you know, hopeful of an opportunity to win the East. And that's, uh, that is not nothing. I completely agree. Um, I'll be posting all those interviews with those seniors and Terry Wilson as well. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Up next, we are going to pick the basketball game that is happening on Wednesday night. The North Dakota Fighting Hawks 
against the Kentucky Wildcats, and we're going to let Kyle tell you about what he's been working on the past couple of days. It's, a, it's an interesting, interesting piece that I think many will enjoy. But first, I want to tell you about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Tonight on my Sling TV, I am checking out some basketball. There's a lot of good college basketball tonight. Tennessee's playing tonight. Got to check out those other teams. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch when you just want to see your team win? Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, college basketball, NBA basketball, you name it. They got it. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch more. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime, and as I always mention, you can upgrade and downgrade your package depending on what you want to watch at that time. Right now, Locked On listeners can get a free seven-day trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Kyle, let's first do a game prediction here. We'll just make this one simple. Just give me who's going to win and who's Kentucky's leading scorer will be against the Fighting Hawks of North Dakota. So final score and leading score, that's what you said? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I'll go Kentucky uh, 88 to 72. Ooh, that's relatively close. Wait, 70? No, 62, sorry. Okay, 88 to to 62 is your final. I'm barely, I'm barely awake right now. I know, now. and we're gonna, we're gonna tell, we're gonna tell the people why that is in just a second. Who's your leading score? Uh, I'm gonna say Tyler Hero. Ooh, I think Tyler Hero gets back on track. Listen, my, my man gets back on track. I'm, I'm still a believer in Tyler Hero. I was a, I was a skeptic, and then I was a believer, uh, and I'm still a believer. I, I, I totally buy, you know, that. You know, he's just going to take a little adjustment, but he, you know, guys like him, just they to me, they could go off at any moment. You know, they just got to kind of get in the get in a groove, and I'm I feel like he's going to have a have a nice a nice game. One thing I would say about him is he's like a well known like I'm going to stay in the gym till four o'clock in the morning and get it right uh, kind of kid, and I just I don't think he'll stay down for too long. In the words of John Calipari, you say North Dakota. The name North Dakota. Forget about the name. They're a terrific basketball team. Am I going to pick the Fighting Hawks of North Dakota? No. Kentucky's going to win pretty easily. Don't <laughs> listen. <laughs> Don't listen to John Calipari. Yeah, that's right. I'm calling you out, John Calipari. You want to? You want to start some some words? I'll I'll finish these words. Kentucky wins by 25. We'll go 90 to 65. I'll take the PJ Washington as my leading scorer. I think they're going to try to get him back on track. I'm of the same mindset as you, Kyle, that they need a guy they were going to depend on to get back in a groove, and I think P.J. Washington is a key piece. They need to get him a little bit more confident. And it's a slight risk because that I think there is something up with that hand to a certain extent. It's probably just confidence at this point, but he needs to get it, get it to where he's ready to go. And I think this is going to be the first game he's going to start – Becoming the P.J. Washington we all anticipated when we came into this season. All right, Kyle. Now, you're super tired because you've been working hard the past couple of days and not sleeping a ton because you've been working on a fun project. Just 
give the people a little information on it and then let them know where they can find it. Uh, yeah, uh, check it out at The Athletic. Uh, it is kind of a story about – we've been working on a, a series of stories, uh, our college basketball team. we got a bunch of great uh, folks covering college hoops at The Athletic and, and sort of taking a look in the, into the future, the future of, of the game. Um, you know, who are some of the, you know, coaches you don't know that you should know and, um, you know, things like that. What, what does the game look like as we kind of try to uh, break out the crystal ball? And, and one of the things that's we know is coming, we just don't, we're not 100% sure when, but probably 2022 is the end of one and done. Um, and, and the return of, of guys being able to go straight from high school to the NBA. Um, and that's significant, obviously, for Kentucky. It's significant for college basketball, but for Kentucky and Duke and, and a few others um, who've kind of made their living on, on that, um, Kentucky's had 25 one-and-dones under John Calipari, you know, from jo John Wall and Cousins to uh, Anthony Davis and Kid Gilchrist uh, to Carl Towns and, and, and Devin Booker and, and all those guys. Um, and many of them would never have played a minute of high school, uh, college basketball. Some would, but uh, you know, what does it look like when that goes away? Uh, and, 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 but really it sort of focuses too on the kind of guy that would go to Kentucky or Duke most years. Um, now probably going straight to the NBA. A guy named Amani Bates is a, just started his freshman year in high school. So he was an eighth grader not too long ago, but he's considered the number one player in that class and it's easy to roll your eyes at that but that, that's significant right now because 2022 is probably going to be the first draft where guys can go straight away and also he happens to be by all accounts a really special player uh, evan daniels of scout of uh 247 sports uh has, has said uh that he is the best freshman he's ever scouted six foot eight kid from uh michigan who can dunk on people can shoot threes can handle it and pass it um, so I talked to him and talked to his dad and uh, about kind of they're already thinking they're they're thinking as 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 folks who you know the kid just got out of middle school they're thinking about the the business decision of going straight to the NBA and not playing college basketball and so um, it's a long story it's about I think almost five thousand words but uh, um, hopefully it'll it'll tell you something you didn't know about one this kid and and two just kind of what. What happens next? What is uh, where do we go in college basketball when the very best players, you know, are no longer part of that game from from 95 to 05 was the first wave of that. And so that some of the story, it was kind of fun to, to look back. I read the book uh, Boys Among Men, which is great. It, it examines that decade and all the guys. I think there were 47 guys who declared for the draft straight out of high school in that when that in that window before the rules changed, you know, the, the college game missed players like Kobe Bryant and Kevin Garnett and Dwight Howard and LeBron James. Uh, I don't think the college game, the product suffered, but, you know, it would have been neat to see those guys in college. Those are the guys that we would have never seen play in college. Anthony Davis, never a college basketball player. It's kind of that part of it is kind of like, ugh, that's kind of depressing to think about. Yeah, no doubt. And I will be checking that out and everyone else should as well. I uh, got the winner from the Harlem giveaway that everybody listened to after the Duke loss when I went on for rambling when I was tired that night, Kyle, and you were still writing. It is at S Champ 21 
I'll be reaching out. We got an autographed piece of UK memorabilia that I will get to you however you can. So congrats on winning that. Follow along. We'll be trying to do a little bit more of that. Uh, we'll tweet out a picture of what we gave away uh, tomorrow morning, and then we'll get it out to Champ. 21. Congrats. Be sure to be following along at Locked On UK and find Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. You can follow Kyle at at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. I'm at Curtis Birch B-U-R-C-H. Uh, please listen to the other work I do on 630 WLAP, Big Blue Insider specifically. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, review, and then share it with somebody else who would enjoy this podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. You know, excuse me, I had to yawn there. Um,